Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160, in Earth 1610. I'm Zach. And I'm John. I'm always here too. How's it going, Zach? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. So Zach are and you I... really, or or do we <laughs> are we both putting on a facade no, right now? We really are both doing great. But I was just about to say that Zach, Zach, do you have the um like ability to bleep out curse words? I was thinking of this earlier today when no, I was I've... preparing my notes for the pod. Would you be able to do an a bleep every now I, and again? I've been meaning to learn it. Um, seems like it, this is as good a time as any. Well, I was just gonna say, Zach and I were just bleeping off air before we before we got into the pods. Oh, that so wasn't what, even what, that bad. No. So, what were you complaining about? Oh uh, man, I just uh, so that cold that I said last episode. I'm just starting to get over. I wasn't actually getting over it. It's it's still been kicking my butt for a second week. Yeah, I can um, actually hear it a little bit. Yeah. And uh we're so we're redoing my bathroom, so I've been hanging drywall and having, you know, crap from oh, my Lord. ceiling fall down on me and probably not help my cold because oh, I'm like Lord. breathing in dust. And then uh uh today we we had to we cleaned out Shiloh's classroom. And that took a while, and I just got done with that. And so I, is her honestly, year over? Uh, tomorrow's the last day with students, and oh it's like a half day. Gosh. So yeah, oh basically. My gosh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> well, don't be, because she comes back like way early. She comes back in July. Ouch. Yeah, they have like no summer, but we still have to get everything out of there so they can like paint the room. Yeah. Well, so what's up with you? What are so, sorry, sorry uh, about the bathroom and everything. Yeah, um, it's, it's one of those things. Sorry, Shyla's off work. That sounds terrible. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like complaining because oh my gosh, Zach, the kids are just terrible. Luckily, none of them <laughs> listen to this podcast, and I'm not telling them about it. But they're they, they've just been awful lately, and it's the end of the year, and. I'm teaching math now and I'm like coming into this like situation at the end of the year and it's just brutal. And um, I'm just running out the clock, man. So uh, I'm showing a money ball next week and next week's really like the last week. So I don't know if you've ever heard of that movie money ball. Yeah. 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 Brad Pitt. I think I figure that's a good s- s- math and stats movie to show. That is um, funny. There's only so many re- math movies you can show. Yeah, I know. That was the only one I could think of. Um, maybe like the twenty one movie, but that's gambling. Yeah. And, um, what's the um, one about a the... beautiful mind? Beautiful mind. I, that's the one I was just thinking. <laughs> yep. Um. So that's let's it. see. Those are the three numbers oh, movies. But speaking of sports, I think we did just get rated that uh, we're the we are the number one sports podcast or the number one comic book podcast for sports fans. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's going to be our new claim to fame. Yeah. Um, because we always talk about the draft. <laughs> and there was another draft, but we don't have to get into it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure some people are already like frantically skipping ahead. Okay. Well, I've got one more thing before we jump into uh, the pod, even though it's Shoot. only been four minutes. Yeah. 
this darn thing looks better and better every day that goes by. I think it looks better. <laughs> John, it's an audio format, but I'll just <laughs> tell the listeners he's holding up. Did we talk about it on the pod or was that think... separate? Was that our own conversation? Oh, actually, I don't even know. So maybe I'll explain. I got a head cover that looks like my cat Omaha from cuddleclones.com, which is not a sponsorship. Um, And I think it looks pretty good. It looks like Omaha. Last week I showed Zach and I was like, I'm just not sure about it. But the more I look at it, the more I'm like, this is a really good replica of Omaha. And did you say what its purpose is? It's a golf club head cover. I don't know if I did say that. (laughs) So he'll be on the golf course getting pelted by other people's balls. (laughs) And they'll be like, hey, did that guy that you just hit have a cat sitting out of his bag? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. That is pretty Um, good. You know what? So just because i feel like we started this on a on a negative foot i mean we're being real we're being us but what did um our boss at the door-to-door sales job always say (laughs) um gosh she said a bunch of things right before we hopped on zach said something like we've got to be smiling through our teeth or something but (laughs) i don't know have and maintain a great attitude have and maintain a great attitude that was one of the like principles or what building blocks of life or whatever yeah. they try to indoctrinate us with. Either, <laughs> and I'll either always that, remember. Yeah. I'll always remember him saying, no one cares about your problems. <laughs> like people will listen. If you're telling them something that makes them happy, but just shut up. If you don't have something positive to say. Well, I think this is kind of funny. So yeah. I'm um, not, Truly, I'm not endorsing this kind of like suck it up buttercup mindset. I just think it's funny that we both have this experience that I could reference about this. And, and you know, you know, what's also funny is I think about him saying that sometimes him being like, he would, he would tell this story where he's like, uh, you know, you'll walk past a coworker and be like, Hey, how's it going? And no one wants to, no one wants to talk to that coworker. That's like, you know, Hey, how's it going? And then they immediately launch into all the, all they actually tell you how it's going. And I remember telling that to somebody once. And as I was saying it, I was like, I sound like, a, and I almost cursed, but I sound like an asshole because like, if I ask someone how their day is, I do want to hear how it is, you know? I don't endorse this at all. I think there's some truth to like how to win friends and influence people. Like, yeah, people don't really like trauma dumping, but he, he took it way extreme to where it's (laughs) like, dude, there's a, there's a time and a place to like, just tell people honestly, like what's going on. Yep. But, but he was a good dude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, speaking Never mind. Should we get into it? I was going to say, speaking of past jobs, you told me drywall was falling on your head earlier today. Did you and, used to um, be a drywaller? No, but it did remind me of the last job I had before I started teaching, which was basement waterproof salesman. And <laughs> if you think walking around selling AT&T is bad, there is nothing that compares to drive crawling around 
a moldy, wet crawl space. With it's it was the grossest thing I've ever experienced. So anyway, I felt for you when you talked about home projects and things falling on your head. Was this like cold calling or like people would bring you out for like a quote? It was like that. It was like I would like drive all around the state of Indiana and go to people's homes and do like a basement inspection and like or crawl space inspection of a moldy, wet, insect filled. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, Zach, it was the worst thing I've ever done. So that does sound bad. But I'm just glad it wasn't doing that and also getting like a hundred doors slammed in your Going face. Door today. To door. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, we had fun. Yeah. This sounds like a great time to throw it over to our friends at the Better Business Bureau. Yes. Yes, it does. Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at bbb.org. We're back. We're back and we're ready to talk Spider-Man. If you're still with us. You keep saying that on our Ultimates episodes. <laughs> Do I? Yeah. Well, we've got a good one today. I'm sorry. Yeah, Zach, I- I'm sorry that you have to edit. You get to hear everything that I like say multiple times that I don't even realize. Dude, I think it's funny. Um, But you know what? I think we've got some good ones today. I have been saying this whole time, like, you're like, why are we reading Ultimates? And I'm like... I swear, I remember this being an exciting, (laughs) fun series. When the hell are we going to get to it? I think today is when we get to it. We we do. And this is just a little praise for you, Zach. But for our listeners, every week, Zach tells me which episode I'm like doing notes on. He's always like, you you do this one and I'll do this one. And every week, Zach, you give me the one that I like more. It's like amazing how consistently it happens. It's like you know what type of stuff I'm just going to be like, oh, I, I'm digging this. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Sometimes, I'll be honest, it is because I know you're looking forward to a certain scene or you like a certain character. Today, it was just I gave you issue two because I genuinely didn't know if I was going to have time to read both issues. <laughs> That's really funny. It just worked out that way. Yes. But I'm glad to hear you liked it. So yeah. um, do we want to get into it? Let's do it. All right. Cool. I am doing issue 10. This is subtitled Devil in Disguise. It's written by Mark Millar, penciled by Brian Hitch, inked by Paul Neary, colors by Paul Mounts, and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. Huh. I've I've never noticed this before, and it was probably the case in all of these other issues, but it says assistant editor Nick Lowe. He is right now the editor of um, the Spider-Man books, and people are 
pretty pissed at him. Ooh, we about talk- what? No, spill uh, the tea. Okay, all right, whatever. I'll spill the tea, and then we'll get into the issue. So this month's issue of Amazing Spider-Man, they had been – everyone already is pissed about this run. They don't like it. There's a million and one bad things about it. I posted a <laughs> meme about it on Twitter this Is this week. just cancel culture? People really might cancel Nick Lowe and Zeb Wells out of the comic industry, or at least off the Spider-Man title. So they had been teasing, oh, uh, issue 26 is going to be the most shocking Spider-Man issue in 50 years. Because 50 years was when ago was when Gwen Stacy died. Oh, and it's like, okay, okay. who who were they going to kill? You will never guess who they're killing in this Spider-Man issue. Um, wait, I I want to guess. Okay. Betty Brandt. Kamala Khan. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so rude. She's not even their character. You get it. <laughs> you get it. And everyone else is saying this. And she joined the cast of the book like a couple months ago and hasn't even done anything. She's just like in the background. She's like interning for Peter. And they're going <laughs> to kill her off so he can have this arc about being sad about this person in his life. And they on the cover, they've got all these Spider-Man characters mourning her death. And it's like they don't even know her. It's like the focus is not on her. It's not on her family. And people are pretty sure the point of it is so they can resurrect her as a mutant with her MCU powers. And basically erase the comics version of the character. Oh my gosh, that is so lame. It's literally what what I was talking about about the MCUification of characters. Oh my gosh, that is just like, oh boy, it's one thing to like kill her, but then that just seems like really like lame to to kill her and then bring her back with MCU powers. What is be, so? What clear, are they going to like make her mutant power that she can't die or something? Like, well, right now, mutants can't die. Basically, they come back. That's what's going oh on over in the X Men books. So, if you kill a character who's not a mutant, and then say, "Oh, but they were a mutant this whole time. You just didn't know it," then they can come back. That seems really lame. Anyways, <laughs> I actually like it in terms of X Men, but. They've already made a big deal about her being an inhuman. And she's never like for all the people that she's oh, interacted that's right. with. That is her her yeah. Like in X-Men versus Inhumans a few years ago, she fought on the side of the Inhumans, and she was like one of the only A-list characters who did that. And like she has so many connections with every other character in the Marvel universe besides any of the X-Men. It's just very silly all around. That is that is very silly. And anyways, that editor was an assistant editor on this. So anyways, getting back to Ultimates, we flash back to Poland, 1944. This issue is called Devil in Disguise. Um, 
which is also an Elvis Presley song, Zach. I just thought maybe you'd want to know that. Is it an Elvis Presley song or is it a song of another artist that Elvis Presley covered and made more money off of? Well, when I Googled it, I I thought it said Elvis Presley. But I'll Google it again. Um, Okay, let's see. Devil in Disguise. It looks like... I I mean, I think it's Elvis Presley. It's a single by Elvis Presley. So it was written by someone else, but it was Elvis, you know. I, I don't think Elvis wrote a lot of his songs. Is that good enough for you, Zach? That's what I was getting at. Is it, it, I didn't expect you to actually look it up, but thank you for doing so. You're welcome. All right. So, yeah. Uh, this episode is named after an Elvis song. Um, we flash back to Poland, 1944. Captain America is hanging off the side of a train as a Nazi gloats above him. And I just think of this Nazi as like, he's like hair backstory or like Mr. Previously on. Like he's just, he's got yeah. Captain America right where he wants him, but he spends several pages telling us everything we need to know. He says, um, it's already over. His men are already stealing wedding rings and pocket watches from the corpses of Cap's men, which feels like really heavy writing. Rude. <laughs> it, it just feels like Mark Millar reminding us, hey, you know, Nazis did this, right? I, yeah, I mean, it feels really evil. <laughs> and But unnecessary. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, it made me sad. It made me sad immediately. <laughs> it also made me I was rem- like, oh, these are real people, man. It also re- made me remember that canonically Captain America supposedly no one under his command died. So again, I think this goes back to our original theory that his command is like six people. Yeah, this could also he could be lying. He could. You know, if you're a Nazi, you're probably not above lying. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, and he says the train carrying us that they're on carrying a super weapon will reach its destination and the Nazis will win the war. And he parts, says the parts for a super weapon. Oh, just the parts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he met, he's kind of putting the cart before the horse, but whatever. He says the wound from Cap's shield has almost completely healed itself. And that Cap's hijacking mission was a complete waste. And Cap says, that's where you're wrong. We weren't trying to hijack it, Herr Kleiser. We came here to blow it up. And Cap jumps off the train into water below as the train blows up. And 12 months later, Cap is in a briefing with Dwight Eisenhower and Bernard Montgomery. And they inform Cap that Kleiser is still alive and is leading the Germans' nuclear program. I thought that this goes to um, Zach reads this on an iPad and I read it on my little phone. But I thought this guy's name was Kaiser. And I have to say, I really like the name Kaiser better than Kleiser. I think that would have created confusion about if this was the first or second world war. Why is that? Is Kaiser, Eric Kaiser, is that a person? Kaiser Wilhelm was like the monarch of Germany in world war one. 
That was a fake snoring sound. <laughs> no, it wasn't, folks. Uh, John actually fell asleep, and I just had to edit that out. Yeah. Oh, well, that's – um. well, there you go. Maybe that's why I thought it sounded better. It sounded more realistic. But okay. Kleiser it is. Yeah. Good, um, good history lesson, Zach. Yeah. And you know whose death started World War I? Franz Ferdinand. Don't yep. even try. And who sings Take Me Out on Guitar Hero? The Killers. Oh, oh so close. Franz Ferdinand. That was a great song. That was always my favorite one to play. That is. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, In the present day, the helicarrier is on its way to Micronesia. Because as we said in our previously on that I'm adding in right now, um, the team is headed to Micronesia to take out a large gathering of Chitari. And uh, Fury is talking about how impressed he is with Tony Stark, saying, you ever see a guy conduct a multilingual business deal, satisfy a girlfriend over the phone, and memorize his 600-page military briefing <laughs> all at the same time? This writer is absurd. He, like, cannot go one page without some, like, edgy, like sex reference or something like that you know <laughs> yeah and it, he's definitely trying to like remind you that tony is cool but when it comes from nick fury it just sounds kind of weird it does <laughs> and it, it clearly it definitely comes out of nowhere for us but it kind of looks like it comes out of nowhere for cap too because it's not like they were even talking about tony cap is just staring off into space he's distracted <laughs> And Fury's all of a sudden like, isn't this guy so awesome? He can satisfy a woman over the phone. Wish I could do that. I'd like to imagine that he was just going around the helicarrier to everyone. <laughs> trying to start that conversation and no one was taking the bait. <laughs> that is so funny to picture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Cap's distracted. And completely changes the subject and says he's got a little deja vu about the last time he airdropped into an alien death factory. Which still doesn't sound like real human dialogue, but it's better. Um, meanwhile, at the Triskelion, Janet uh, wanders up to a nurse's desk asking for a drink. Um, because again, on our previously on that we didn't do. Uh, Janet is in like the med bay area of the Triskelion recovering. And she says she's been hitting the button for a minute, but no one was coming. And a nurse starts so, to her. So she, so she finally, she like walks out of her room and there's no orderlies or anyone. And then she finally gets to, gets to a woman and Zach right away before we even turn the page here. Which I, I'll let you finish explaining what's going on on the page if you want. Uh, no, go ahead. Well, okay. So, so Janet finally runs into these nurses and, and they're like, what are you doing out of bed? And she's like, I needed a glass of water. I was hitting the button forever. And the nurses are like, okay, we'll get it. Let's take you back to bed. And immediately I was like, hold up. These are bad people. Like, this is so sketchy. I, I, I wonder is that pretty obvious? I mean, you've read it before, so you know, but I thought it was pretty it reads, obvious. It reads, it, that's, I mean, it reads pretty sketchy. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, the first few panels on that page are just like you see a huge like hallway reception area. It's very open concept. And you can just tell it's meant to be a busy place and it's completely empty. And like even just that first like image, you're like, okay, something's going on. Yeah. But I, but I, you know, how would, but I didn't know what was going on, but I was like, this nurse is bad. Right. So the nurse, uh, tries to hurry her back to her room and says that they'll get a drink. And we see another one starts following behind them. And in the next panel, we see that the nurse behind them has a gun behind her back. And we see down the hallway, there's like some feet sticking out on the ground way off in the distance. And Janet gets the same feeling we're getting, realizes something is wrong and switches into wasp form. Just as the nurse with the gun fires at her, hitting the other nurse instead. And I'm going to start calling her the bad nurse. Uh, yells in an alien language as other doctors and nurses run to her carrying guns. And they all start blasting at Janet, who goes into the air vents. They started blasting. <laughs> um, meanwhile, in Micronesia, the team storms the island and finds a large compound, but pretty much immediately figure out that it's empty. And Fury tells the team to fan out and search for clues. Well, at the Triskelion, my notes just say Janet is doing a die hard. Um, <laughs> she, uh, some unseen villain goes over the intercoms and says, there's really no point trying to hide. We might just be a small crew, but my colleagues and I have planned this all quite meticulously. We have assumed complete control over the buildings, North Wing, and have isolated the entire area so it's really just a matter of time before the security system tracks you down. Wasp connects to a computer and passes along a message to the team in Micronesia to let them know what's happening and that the whole thing was a trap. But we see from their perspective on the other end, all they can hear is static. And Cap thinks about it for a moment. And realizes what's happening and yells for Tony. But just and did then, you did did you mention maybe I just missed it when they were in Micronesia that they like got there and scanned the place and no one was like there's not anyone on the island like all of the people that they thought they were going over there to fight are gone. Yeah, there's like there's a base, but there's no heat signatures from it. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Cap yells for Tony, but just then a nuclear blast goes off inside the facility. And we see it expands well into the sky and destroys the dozens of helicarriers in the air. Janet sees the communications go down on her screen and says, It was the psychics, wasn't it? You had your people take over Psy Division and give strategic wrong information. Right, I mentioned like four episodes ago that the psychics seemed sketchy. You did. It's not right. 
it goes against the laws of man. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, they should have listened to you. Shield needs to give John a call. Yep. Or what's left of it now. <laughs> um, and she asks, I take it you've killed all the lines in here. And the unseen villain says, naturally. And we've closed all the air vents. So there's no point in running anymore, Mrs. Pym. Just sit tight and accept what's coming down the corridor for you. And she says, oh God, I don't even know what this is all about. I don't even know who you people are. And on the last page, we see one large panel of Herr Kleiser saying, Who are we? Well, let's just say the past has come back to haunt you, Mrs. Pym. Spooky. Spooky. One thing I don't like is that they kind of play it up like he's the big reveal. But the second you start hearing from like an unseen enemy... I'm like, oh, yeah, it's going to be Herr Kleiser. Yeah. The big reveal should have been the nuclear blast that apparently killed everyone. Um. So, or, okay, I I said, uh, this was a good one. I liked it. You know, I like the heel turn where there's no one on the island. And then, you know, we like cut to the sketchy nurses or like one or the other. So we can tell that like, Oh, they've, they've really like tricked them here. Um, but yeah, this, this big reveal of hair Kleiser. No, who is he? Nobody knows who that is. And especially Janet doesn't know who he is. So his like speech about it being the past coming back to haunt her yeah, not that her would, past. Yeah, that would mean a lot more if he's talking to Captain America, you know. Bro, she said she's 26 in this episode. She, <laughs> she doesn't know who you are. Yeah, and she even says that to him. She's like, what do you guys even want? Like, I have no idea who you guys even are. So I that that was probably my biggest criticism was like they – they acted like he was this big reveal that we didn't see coming. And it's like, oh yeah, no, we knew who it was. And he's no one. He's just like some random guy that we met this episode, this issue. Oh no, not a guy who was on a train 60 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, out of 10 things that Tony Stark can do at once. <laughs> Um, I gave this one a seven. How many of those are lewd things? <laughs> uh, at least three. Okay, yeah, that sounds right. And those are the three he's not doing, okay? Oh, oh, okay, good. You made it PG. Um, So, as far as Ultimates issues go... I'm going to say this has been my favorite one so far. Okay. Gonna, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. The dialogue, obviously, you can you can tear it apart pretty easily. But I'm going to give this a good, like, nine and a half. Just for, the, just for the pacing and the energy. And I like the idea of Janet mattering and being a likable character. And so when she figures out what's going on and tries to warn the team and goes into the vents and and you think she's going to do a die hard and 
save the day all by herself. It's it's fun. The, um, bla- the nuclear blast, like even though I've read this, the way it's drawn, you just get the like sense of gravity from it. It always oh, it's like feels awful. It like it always skeletons people instantly. Yeah, you see the immediate like small effect of it because it just vaporizes the people standing right next to yeah. it. And then you see this like massive effect of it where like dozens of helicarriers are falling out of the sky. It's really like good visual storytelling. Yeah. Um it probably it probably deserves more than the seven out of ten I gave it. And I almost even like gave it like a nine. But then I was thinking, well, we just talked in the last couple episodes about how we give these awful issues from the Ultimates like a 6 out of 10, and then we grade the Spider-Man one harder. So I was like trying to grade this one on the same level that we would grade a Spider-Man comic, like the the Ultimate Spider-Man that we do. So that's why I moved it down, but it is the it is probably the best Ultimates issue that we've read which is only topped by i think the one that comes next yeah this was a lot of fun and i i think it's cool that you liked the next one better because i i I still think i like this one better this was a good one it definitely was you're right the stuff about janet um the janet talking with the bad guy is definitely good um there's just some there's just some stuff in the next one that that really gets me (laughs) And I think it makes some of the earlier stuff pay off, like the fact that Nick Fury only ever really wanted her on the ultimate. Oh, the only thing Nick Fury really wants is to satisfy a woman over the phone. That's not and what I meant. now he's not going to get the chance because he got nuked. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. But like, even when we met her and Hank, it was like, Janet, we want you on this team. And sure, your your goofy husband can come too. And it's like now we see why because she's freaking smart. Yeah. What do you What do you mean? What'd she do in this one? That's smart. Smart. She figured out what was going on. And oh, she tried okay. to notify the team, and then she like had that conversation with yeah. Herr Kleiser, and she basically called out like everything that he had done to get to that point. Yeah, actually, that's true. Like, every action that she made was a smart one. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, nice. Yeah, this, this, this was a good one. And, I, and I'm going to call them the Avengers because, you know, it's just better. <laughs> um, should we go on? Should we do issue 11? Yeah, take us there. Okay, issue 11. If you aren't reading along this cover is my zach that's where i needed you to put the bleep in cap is just standing there and he's like looking totally captain america like with his shield um and it's just awesome so it's called the art of war written by mark millar pencils by brian hitch inked by paul neary colors by paul mounts and letters by chris iliopolis this about this cover, this just feels so early 2000s, hoorah, we're going to war. Like, 
Uh, don't ruin this cover for me, Zach. He's standing in front of a bunch of fighter jets, and it's called The Art of War. I know. I don't like the title at all. I, I really don't like the title. I saw the picture first, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then I read the title, and I was like, oh, why not make it something better than that? Um, So I try to not look at the planes in the background, you know. Bro's bulge is also kind of. I, I just noticed that. I just noticed that. Right up center. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They're really shooting from below. Yeah. Cap is packing. That's America's dick. <laughs> um, so, there are skeletons everywhere, there's destroyed shield helicarriers everywhere. And in the last issue, Zach, I thought I spied a number 69 on the base. And guess what? It's front and center on page one of this one. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I... So that, that just goes back to our like writer and artist team that like can't get enough of themselves. I noticed the skeleton where the only thing that wasn't melted off is a shield badge. But... The 69 is a that's a nice touch too. Yeah. <laughs> um so that's where I wrote I think Mark Millar is, is a bit immature. <laughs> but that I don't know if been, that's his I know, that's what I was about to say. That I don't might know have been Brian Hitch's call. I don't know. Yep. Um so Air Kleiser is in communications with the aliens kind of like watching the Micronesia area where this big nuke went off. And he wants them to confirm Cap and the Avengers are dead uh, with all the nobodies that he calls them. Because uh, they were like there with like 20,000 soldiers. And the the aliens watching the area tell them that they haven't been found, but everyone within 100 miles of the bomb died. And Kleiser tells them to check again. And then he leaves to go deal with Janet Pym. So Air Kleiser breaks through the door with Janet or that Janet is hiding in and he, he kind of starts threatening her. And then all she says is drop dead and she shrinks into her wasp form and Kleiser very immediately and very easily just snatches her out of the air and puts her in a test tube. What did you think about that, Zach? I didn't like it. Like I didn't it like it either. Like- we had just had so much growth from her in the last issue. And it's like, I kind of wanted to see her against all odds, you know, take down the bad guys by herself. Definitely. Even even if she's not going to be successful, at least give her like a little bit of agency or let her get a couple punches in and look cool. Yeah. Well, and this villain is kind of asking for it because he breaks through the wall, creating a huge hole in the wall and wasp can go down to the size of a bug and he's like he breaks in and he's like there's nowhere to escape we've shut all the vents and it's like you just made a humongous hole in the wall like she should have been able to escape out i thought why did she ever unshrink like he walks in and she's yeah. like normal human size just so she can shrink but if she was like beyond the ceiling as a wasp, if she was or always the size of a wasp. Like, what are you gonna do? Look around the room for a wasp? Yeah, um, that's a that's a really good point. So, 
So he he captures Wasp and he puts her in a test tube. And um, he tells Janet that they've taken over the strategic points at the Triskelion and they control S.H.I.E.L.D. now. And no one is ever going to know that those soldiers were killed because, you know, they work for S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's all very, like, secretive and they signed NDAs. So it's kind of off the books. And Janet's like, well, what about the Avengers? Everyone's going to know that that we're dead. And he's like, I'll just say it was a terrorist attack or something. You know, we control S.H.I.E.L.D. now, so we control the headlines. How crazy is it that no, like, pilots or ships or scientists or satellites or other governments are apparently going to notice a nuclear bomb went off? Yeah, that's probably pretty noticeable. Um, but you know what this does remind me of? Have you ever seen the movie Face Off with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta? I couldn't finish it because it was too dumb, but yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so it's so good. And I say that having seen it one time like 15 years ago. <laughs> but it is the most unsettling premise of a movie i could ever think of like what if for our listeners that don't know what the movie face off is john travolta and nick cage switch faces and pretend to be each other one of them is a terrorist one of them is the fbi agent trying to catch the terrorist and then something like this happens where there's an attack and it's all off the books that's what made me think of face off when i was reading this comic it's all off the books so Nicolas Cage, who now has John Travolta's face, is like pretending to be him and nobody knows. So, it's, you know, it's a tough one to explain, Zach, because, you know, two people have different faces. I know. The premise <laughs> to me just always felt like it came from someone's kid who ripped a head <laughs> off of two G.I. Joes and switched them around and said, Look, Dad, now the good guy thinks he's the bad – everyone thinks the good guy's the bad guy, and everyone thinks the bad guy's the good guy. And it's like something that a kid says that you just kind of ignore, and whoever for directed – Premise for a movie. Whoever directed that movie was like, wait, John no. Woo? Was it? Yes, I think it was John Woo. <laughs> wait a minute. Now, I think two charismatic A-listers could make this work. I mean, I that's why I'm pretty sure that there's doves in the final fight scene. And that's like a John Woo thing. He always has doves in the movie. Anyway. <laughs> um, So they it's all off the books. That's that's where we were at. And um, no one's ever going to know that that these aliens took over. And Kaiser takes a helicopter with Janet. Okay, so at this point, the plan is still insanely secretive. You know, the aliens are winning. Like, nobody knows. They're getting away with all this, you know. So I just want to, like, throw that out there. Uh, so Kaiser, Kleiser, and Janet take a helicopter uh, to a base in Arizona. And pretty shockingly... This is just like a full-on Nazi base right in, right in American soil. Um, and it's like, oh my gosh, these guys have like, you know, 
it, rem- it it's kind of like the Winter Soldier, where like Shield's just like been growing under their nose the entire time, and they've like won, you know. Uh, so they have all the Nazi flags from the original Berlin. They show they saved them all, and Kleiser shows Janet the chemicals that. Hold on. Yeah, I just want to. I just want to touch on the why, because these guys aren't Nazis philosophically. At least they say they're not. He says they're really more of a symbolic thing, anyways. I like to think of it as marking our territory after all these years of hiding in the jungles. And it's like that's weird. That's crazy. <laughs> like, why would you be flying like? It goes back to like when people talk about like the rebel flag and like, you know, people who put that on their trucks and stuff. It's like you lost. What are you proud of? Like you're flying the loser flag. Yeah. Like not only is this evil, but it's also pathetic. Yeah. Yes, I agree. But Zach, that's not how they see it. Yeah, no, it's it's just a symbolic thing. It's marking their territory. Yeah. Um. So, you know what Kleiser, I think it really is? Yeah, what? There's some, there I, yeah, I don't know what the, what it's called. There's some name for the idea of, like, in fiction, how do you show that someone's, like, the baddest bad guy that there could be? You make them Nazis. So, th- I think this is just that visual representation of, oh, you know what's crazier than aliens trying to take over the world? Nazi aliens trying to take over the world. <laughs> I don't know. I, that is just... that is true. But now, if I if I can uh, get on a pedestal for a second, also, you know, you do sometimes see these like people who like they like go to Nazi marches and they and they carry the flags. And there's like YouTubers who like show swastikas and whatnot, and they're like, well. We just do it because it's anti-woke or, like, to show that we can do, you know, it doesn't have to mean I want to kill all the Jews. It could just mean, like, I just don't like being told what to do. And it's like, no, you're just Nazis, <laughs> you know? Like, if sometimes you just have to take people at their word. <laughs> if they're going to fly the Nazi flag, then I'm going to call Kleiser a Nazi alien. <laughs> yes, True. There is no, there's no symbolic, you know, oh, but actually it means this to me. There's no doing that out yeah. of a swastika. Um, so they, Kleiser takes Janet around this base and shows them all of the crazy things that we heard that these aliens were doing um, before, you know, like putting chemicals in the water to dampen people's thoughts and... Or, you know, then they put more chemicals in something and it makes people compliant and they're microchipping either people or maybe the cell phones. And Kleiser says by the end of the decade, there won't be a person alive who's capable of forming an independent thought. Okay, so still, Kleiser and the Nazi aliens have a long-term plan. They are winning this at the moment, right? Yep. Everything's going to plan. Okay. I'm just reiterating that. It's just like that book that we wrote years ago, 1984. Everything's going according to our what we've set in place. 
You're really you're really uh, nailing me with references here that I don't understand because I've never seen Die Hard and I've never read 1984. <laughs> That's okay. No one who references 1984 on the internet has read 1984. That's true. Um, but I know enough about Die Hard to know what you meant when you said she was going to do a Die Hard. Uh, okay. Where am I? So they're winning. They've got a future plan here for 10 years, you know, on earth. They want to control earth. And then sports fans. It's like if you're, you were in the Super Bowl, let's say, and you were up, I don't know, 28 to three late in the third quarter. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly what I would say. It's, it's like, um, so Janet asks Kleiser because I like these scenes of, of him walking around and them talking quite a bit, actually. Um, you know, I, I, I like a good villain talking about their plan. So yeah. I think that's what, that's the difference between you and me in this issue is that doesn't work for me, but I think you're really, oh, really? it. Yeah, I am. Uh, so Janet asks Kleiser why they all have German names since they're aliens and they're not even like three dimensional. They're like, they're like, like life for, I don't know. They're like weird. <laughs> and he tells, and he tells her that all of like the, the Germans that they call each other, they were just Nazis who like surrendered their own body to the cause. And, and that's why they all have German names as like a testament to those guys kind of. And he tells Janet that they must consume to become. And then he holds up a test tube with Jan- He holds up the test tube with Janet in it. And he says, can you guess who I'm becoming next? And is he going to eat her? Is that his plan? He's going to somehow, I don't know their process, but he's going to kill her and take her form. This woman he's- needs a break. <laughs> yeah. A mental health day. Yes. Um, so alien spaceships begin appearing. <laughs> okay, Zach, they're still winning. They've, they're still completely secretive. Everything is going according to plan. <laughs> and then alien spaceships begin appearing out of the sky, out of nowhere. And, and which is fine. Still, you're winning. You're taking over the world. Send your alien spaceships out. But then here's my bugaboo with this issue. Kleiser is asked by one of the other Germans why they aren't using a cloaking device. And Kleiser is like, it doesn't matter anymore. There's the, Our enemies are fighting us all over the globe. We have no choice but to detonate this bomb that's going to destroy the solar system and regroup in the fourth dimension. What changed here? They were... it's. For our sports fans, it's like if you were winning 28 to 3 and instead of, you know, accidentally messing up and losing the game, you just like purposefully walk off the field or something because they their plan could not have been going better. And then all of a sudden they're like, let's just blow all this stuff up and start over in the fourth dimension, you know, like I thought they wanted to control all of this. So... I think the hangup that you're having, and I originally thought it too, it's not clear who's talking, but I think the being that like beams down in front of Kleiser, I think he's the one who's saying, 
none of this matters anymore. And he says, our enemies are fighting back from, from one end of the universe to the other. We've been driven backwards here. So he's not talking about people on earth fighting the aliens. There's some other, there's like some alien civil war going on or something that we're not seeing. And they've retreated back to earth and they're like, screw it. We're just going to destroy everything. Oh, you're starting, right. Starting here. Yeah. So, I did so, not even like notice that guy beaming down. So I think Kleiser's pet project has been for all these decades, he's been like slow gaming it. And he's like, yes, oh. we're going to take over earth and no one's even going to notice. And then like his rival who's maybe and like, as soon as he wins slightly higher up in their <laughs> hierarchy shows up as he's winning and is like, Never mind, we're we're stopping with the subtlety. Well, I I kind of feel bad for Eric Kleiser. I mean, you don't I have can, to do that. He's a I, Nazi. I can respect a decades long, you know, s- slow game or slow play. It's kind of like for our our sports fans. It's kind of like <laughs> uh, in like year seven of a dynasty fo- fantasy league. You've assembled the greatest team of all time, and then the commissioner shuts it down and says, we're starting a different league. Yeah. It's not a dynasty anymore. Now we're doing a redraft. Yeah. That's exactly what it's like, actually. Very good analogy. I would never play for that commissioner again. <laughs> um. So... All of now there are alien spaceships everywhere, and all of our news stations have turned their coverage to the spaceships in the sky. George Bush is giving a speech, and all you know we can tell because he says, "My fellow Americans," and Kaiser tells Janet that they're going to destroy the entire solar system, and when the bomb goes off, it'll be like no one ever existed at all, and. He says it's a shame because he was hoping to experiment with the female form. Uh, so just then, Kaiser gets a call from his men who are monitoring Micronesia. And they're monitoring where the bomb went off. And he says that there's an abnormality. And asks if Iron Man's suit has a force field. And I wrote in my notes, let's go Avengers, get to work. And because you just know that they're coming in at some point and then we get an absolutely epic drawing of Thor's lightning just coming down from the sky and electrocuting all of the like alien soldiers on the page. It hits them so hard. They all like lift up from impact, which is so cool. I heard the Avengers theme in my head. I did too. I would, I was going to, yep. It's not possible in the year of our Lord 2023 to read these pages and not start humming the song to yourself. I know. I wanted to I wanted to play it while before I started talking about these, but I was like, Zach and I are gonna get copyrighted. <laughs> that would hit so hard though. <laughs> um and just then, so so we see Thor's lightning come out, and then back at the Triskelion, Janet maybe like I don't know. I mean, stinks Arizona. his hand. Um. Yes. They're in yes, they're in Arizona. And Janet maybe does something, and then I don't even know. Eric Kleiser says, "Well, can, my congratulations, Mrs. Pym. Well done." And then 
and then he drops the test tube and Janet like breaks out of it. And I'm really not sure what she did to like make him say that or drop the test tube or anything like that. Right. Like, dude. Okay. So maybe Tom Brady marched down the field and scored a touchdown. Now it's 28 to 10, but like you still have the lead. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, I was hoping you would know what she did, but it sounds like you, you couldn't really tell either. It seems like he just kind of gave up. Yeah. Which, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because that dick pulled the, like, pulled his project out from under. Probably. So then, so this is all on one page. These are like back to back panels. We get Thor's lightning coming down. We get Janet breaking free. And then we get. Uh, and a phenomenal shot of all of the Avengers and Cap standing front and center with his hammer. Thor's got his his uh, Stormbreaker raised up, and we've just got everyone from kind of far away. And then on the next page, we get a full page drawing of all of that really close up, you know. And we've got Thor and Nick Fury and Cap and Iron Man and Hawkeye in the background with Black Widow, and it's very cool. It is very cool, but. Everything that you described on the other page before that, it's all in the widescreen ratio that makes it feel like you're watching a movie. Yeah. It feels like in Endgame when they're all there. Yeah. Um, so pretty good. And then um, fo- followed by a full page drawing of the Avengers cap shield rays. And he says, Tony Thor, lead the charge. And Tony and Thor take off, and the rest... Missed opportunity. For what? Ultimates assemble. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, why wouldn't they have him say that? Ugh. If you showed me that picture right there, and, like, had me guess on my life what the text bubble said, I would have bet anything that that's an Avengers assemble. You wouldn't guess the famous line, Thor, Tony, lead the charge. You know, I'm silly. Maybe I should have guessed that. (laughs) Um, So Tony and Thor take off, and the rest of the soldiers are laying down covering fire for Cap. And Tony opens a military channel for Captain America to speak directly to the entire military. And I'll just read the whole speech. So he says, attention, all military personnel. This is Captain America broadcasting simultaneously to the Army, the Marines, the Navy and the Air Force. Your commanding officers are receiving orders from a hostile alien force who has seized control of S.H.I.E.L.D. and now threaten our very existence. I'm asking you to ignore their orders and pick up whatever weapons you can find and get the hell over here. Oops. Sorry, Zach. Bleep it out language do you understand me gentlemen your country needs you let's go to war let's do it (laughs) and we get a really good drawing of cap on the last page he's got his shield up he's looking like a beast and he's climbing into the cockpit of a we sadly can't see his bulge he's got some nice gams though let me tell you look at look at those thighs he's been working them yep um had some good stuff in it what do you think uh definitely fun definitely still good i still do prefer the the one before it but now that i know you like villain splaining that makes sense 
that's got to be done well. Did you, you know, think this was? I definitely did. It's like he had her as a pet and he was just like, you know, walking her around, explaining all the things that she couldn't stop, you know. Like, that's a lot better than a villain explaining their plan to the villain, to another villain. Because then it's just, like, exposition, you know? This seemed like he had a real reason to carry her around, you know? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they would have portrayed that information if not for that scene. I just, it doesn't do anything for me. I've just seen it too many times. Yeah. Yeah, I can feel you. Okay, so what's our rating out of? I actually don't have a rating here. I have the Tony Stark one for the last one. Out of 10 decades wasted as a sleep agent. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is a long time. Can you imagine living imagine a human planning. lifetime? <laughs> and then them just saying, nope, that was all for nothing. And you you've were a bad planning, person too. You've been planning for 70 years and then you won and then your boss came down and was like let's just blow it up like <laughs> i don't know if the the chitari Ch- are capable of feeling like remorse but imagine like just being like the lowest scum on earth and the only thing that lets you sleep at night is you're like it's for my greater purpose and then your greater purpose just means nothing after you've already like were able to achieve it. <laughs> what if they get back to the fourth dimension and they're all, you know, like hanging out or whatever they do. And all these sleeper cell- sleeper agents on earth are just getting like roasted by the other Chitari because they're like, you guys are Nazis. Okay. <laughs> like, Get out of here, you know? Even we aren't Nazis. I'm a bad guy, but I'm not a bad guy. We're just an alien race. We're not Nazis. Give me a break. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean you couldn't take over that planet in a hundred years without trying to side with Nazis? (laughs) I could have done it in ten minutes. They could have. He came down and tried to do it. Uh, yeah. Why didn't they do that originally? You know, in 1944, if UFOs just flew over the world, everyone was going to give up. Well, that's what they were. I guess that's what they, the plan was, right? And Cap, like, blew up their secret solar system destroying weapon. And now maybe it's taken them all these years to rebuild it or something. I think the parts to the weapon that they were talking about was just a nuclear missile. I think that was setting up what we saw in issue one. Oh. Because that was in 1944. And then in 1945, his last mission before he goes into the water is stopping that nuke. Hmm. So I think they were always like had. A solar system destroying weapon. (laughs) Yeah. Just in their back pocket that they weren't using. Oh gosh, that's scary to think about. What if what if there's a race of creatures out there that just has a weapon that would destroy the solar system in a moment? We'd have no idea. That sounds scary until you realize it's probably us and we're already doing it to ourselves. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot that there's like 
50 countries on this planet that own those types of things. <laughs> and and they know, all hate each other. Yeah, and we're just like casually destroying the only environment we have. Oh, great. Okay, thanks a lot, Zach. Come for the Spider-Man, stay for the existential dread, webheads. Dude, I have you heard the phrase Sunday scaries? No, I haven't. Apparently it's like when you get anxious on a Sunday night because you have to go to work the next day. Oh, uh, yes. Literally, last Sunday, I started thinking about, like, the most existential shit. Like, Ooh, dude, bleep. what if what if there's nothing out there? What if there's something out there? What What's going to happen when I die? Dude, I... <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. But, you know, one thing I have learned about going from class to class this year in seventh grade <laughs> with my students um, is we learned about like biology and you know all the cell all the jobs of your cells and how they are all like gosh man it life is just such a miracle that I mean I don't know what happens when you die but gosh it's a bummer for sure because life is just—I mean, it's there's no other unless way to it's describe not, it. Unless, it's, unless you go to the fourth dimension, unless unless you're a Nazi. Uh, well, well, hold on. Um, <laughs> uh, wait, why were you about to? <laughs> Are we saying that like life doesn't suck if you're a Nazi? No, I'm at, I was saying life isn't a miracle if you're a Nazi. Oh, okay, yeah, carry on. Okay. But anyway, so, I don't know. I think about that stuff, too. And then I have to stop. <laughs> yeah, now's a good time to get back into our escapism. Let's, so, so what did you rate this one? Out of yeah, ten, uh, what? Ten decades wasted as a sleeper agent. Oh, my agent. gosh. That is pretty existential. That's how we got onto that. Yeah. Um, I give this one a seven. It's still very fun, but I just had, I just had issues with, just like random bits in it. What were they? Like what? Like the villain explaining. Like the, that's and, what I figured. That one. Uh, I thought it was serendipitous that the other alien guy was like, "Oh, let we're coming back right now." Like. Literally the minute the yeah. plan comes to fruition, that's when the you know whatever yeah. war pushes them to them. And they weren't being and they weren't being destroyed fight or they weren't being fought all over the globe. I mean, unless that guy he said all over from end to end of the universe. Oh okay. Oh okay. Um. Yes, I I that was my only complaint of this issue was that moment where i i thought kleiser just completely changed his plan that's why i kept saying the entire issue their plan is going perfectly because i thought he just all of a sudden was like let's just send let's just kill everyone screw well, no, this you're right because it is still very funny but it, like yeah that mark millar would have it go that way and that almost like he wrote himself into a corner like oh wait a minute why would I want this to end with a big climactic battle. Yeah. That's not what this character I've created wants. And it's also such a better story, I think, to have them 
take over in secret, you know, than just be like, we've got a giant bomb. We're going to blow everything up. So, um, that was my only real complaint, but I still liked it. Some really good Avengers or Ultimates Assemble moments um, that I really liked. We we finally got all the Avengers together. Uh, well, so, except for the two we hate, except for the most. Hulk. Ex- yeah, I don't I don't and even gi- care about Giant, Giant Man. Man. He's just not. Oh my gosh, I was gonna be so upset. There was a scene when Kleiser broke through the door to where Wasp was. I promise for a second i thought that was giant man breaking in to like save the day and i was about to be like absolutely not i will not stand for this guy redeeming himself by like saving the day yeah zach is staying quiet that no that would have been pretty unacceptable um but yeah i also just the last issue felt so fun being from janet's point of view and like yeah. it looking like she was going to do something that mattered. And it was just a bummer that this one starts and kind of ends with that not being the case. Yeah. And maybe if they had even, so maybe he was saying congratulations, Mrs. Pym, because she had been able to warn them and that's how they survived. But even if they had made that a little more, it would have been nice if we could have seen what she did. That was good. This issue. Like, like, show that they did get the warning from her, and that's how they all survived. Or even show us how she broke out of the test tube, because I don't understand. It seemed like, he like just Zach said, he it. just dropped it for the sake of dropping it. It's like Kleiser was like, well, it's like he was mad at his boss, and he was just, like, sabotaging at that point, you know? I think that's the funniest expl- <laughs> explanation. Um... He wanted to give him a fighting chance. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Have him join the other guys. <laughs> um, so so yeah, eight and a half, eight and a half, uh, whatever it said, whatever, whatever it was. Eighty five years wasted. Eighty five years wasted. <laughs> Good riddance. Yep. Well, cool. So next week we are starting that Venom arc. Over in Ultimate Spider-Man. And Peter Parker and MJ broke up. They did. Yes, we get to see what happens next there. So that's issues 33 and 34. Yep. Um, Zach, you doing anything fun this weekend? Weekend's about to be coming up. Oh, gosh. Um, Still working on my bathroom. Got to, you know, keep getting... Chugging away at that, um, helping my sister move. Maybe, I don't know, but maybe, you know, if I get lucky, we'll see Guardians 3 or go to the driving range oh or something. Oh my gosh, still haven't seen it. The driving I, range, what, to go golfing? You're not a golfer, are you? Uh, we went a couple weeks ago with some friends, and I mean, we all kind of sucked, but it was just fun enough. For years, like, Shyla didn't want to do it whenever I suggested it. But now she likes it, so we're gonna start going more. That is awesome, and uh, yeah. we should go golfing. That's what Dude. I'm doing this weekend. I'm going to Chicago on kind of a golf trip. I'm actually playing like one of the nicest courses in uh, in the states, which awesome. is which I'm not good enough to be doing. But it's like a scramble for charity and stuff like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I just know if I actually tried to play a game like 
I'd need to be on the worst par three course there is because I would tear it up and I'd lose my balls. Well, I got a little gift card to Top Golf for Teachers Appreciation Night, so maybe maybe we'll have to go there if you ever feel like coming to the indie area, the the north side. That might be yeah. fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Um, let's see what else is going on. Is there anything else that's interesting going on? I mean, Zach, you and I could sit here and talk about the NBA playoffs and the draft and whatnot, but I don't think anybody cares about that. Should we just get them out of here? Um, it's up to you. I couldn't talk about the playoffs, honestly. I was just tuned into the draft because it potentially could have affected the Pacers. Um, well then, you know, let's just move into our next segment because I might. Hold on. Hold on. I remember you're, you're, you're about the, the, uh, 76ers. How are they doing? They lost. Are they, they out? They, they, yeah, they they lost ga- they lost game seven. Um, it was game seven. I think the last the last time we were recording game seven was maybe that day or the next day. And oh my gosh, did they lose, Zach? That I, I was out golfing and I was checking the score on my phone, and the game was tied fifty five to fifty five. And ten minutes later, I checked my phone. They were down by twenty five points. They legitimately got outscored twenty eight to three in like a six minute span. They pulled a twenty eight to three. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. It was twenty eight to three because I specifically remember thinking, like, "Wow, if Atlanta had done this, you would never hear the end of it." <laughs> like, oh my god, that's so unlucky. Yeah, so uh, they unfortunately lost. But, you know, I I actually talked to the kid because that was the only reason I cared was because one of the students' dads works for the team, whatever. And and he was like, I don't really care that much about it. And I was like, oh, cool. Then I don't care that much about it either, you know. I just thought you really liked him. So that's wholesome of you to, like, care that much because you thought a kid cared that much. I, yeah well thanks <laughs> yeah and for our non-sports listeners you keep hearing us talk about 28 to 3 go watch like the condensed highlights of the super bowl i don't know no, which don't. one that was such an unhappy night in my life <laughs> the falcons versus patriots um even if you don't really understand football like just watch it it's like watching someone flip a coin a hundred times and it land on heads every single time. It, it's just the most improbable thing you've ever seen. There's, there's a lot of plays that I have watched and been like, how, how <laughs> that's all there is to say about it. How? Um, Oh uh, yeah. Okay. I hate that game. <laughs> I'm sorry. At no, least it it's wasn't okay. against the Colts. Yeah, I know. I know. But Dwight Freeney was on that Falcons team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was like, like so itching for him to get a sack on that last drive. I was like, please, Dwight Freeney, end this game with the sack. Get him one more time. Nope. He's just too old and slow at that point. You know why it doesn't bother me as much is because the very next year, there was just about an equally great Super Bowl where the Patriots got smacked by a backup quarterback. And that was really fun to watch. And I watched it with um, my roommate at the time who was 
rooting super hard for the Patriots and kind of threw a fit when they lost. That's and I was like, "Amazing! this is great. This makes up for them winning <laughs> last year. I watched, I watched that game with a buddy of mine who is like the biggest Eagles fan ever. And it was so fun. Honestly, that seems like a game to root for the Eagles and watch either with a Patriots fan or an Eagles fan. Yeah. Either way, you're getting two shows at once, you know, the Super Bowl oh, yeah. and then their reaction. Oh, yeah. I've got like videos of him like going nuts during, during plays. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty funny. Philadelphia fans famously even keeled and not emotional. <laughs> well, I have a great segue here. So do you mind if I use it? Go for it. Okay. So as you could hear from all of our sports talk, we are the number one comic book podcast for sports fans. And along with that, in in part of our you know comments coming into us, I actually have one today that I was going to read. This is from Carlos. Uh, and it's, it's a, it's a, you know, I'll let you know what it is. So Carlos writes, he's from uh, like a pod podcast stats website, you know, that tracks like podcasts. So it's not really a comment, but it's still interesting. We are, position 19 in category books in sweden we are what? position 20 in category books in the cayman islands we are 56 in the arts category in the cayman islands 66 in the arts category in sweden 167 in books in norway and 228 in books in the united states Let's go. I, Zach, that's like pretty good. We're top 20 in some countries. Sweden, Cayman Islands, I love you. If I'm ever on the run from the United States yes. government, I'm coming to you guys and that's I'm like, staying at your house. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Well, don't, if that's a stereotype, Cayman Island and Sweden listeners, Zach apologizes. Okay. We know not everyone in the Cayman Islands is a, what, uh, an embezzler just i would be in this situation <laughs> um so i thought that was pretty good i thought that was a, a nice thing to read for today yes uh we genuinely thank you guys so much yes yes we do um and with that should i should i take us out yep i let's do it okay well Thank you, as always, to Ian Hickey for the music and Alyssa Seaman for the artwork. And you guys can find us on the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify and Apple Music. That's where most of our listeners, this guy also said, is from Apple Music. And anywhere you can find podcasts. So also come and chat with Zach and I. Leave us a comment. Ask us a question. You know, I start every class period by asking the students if they have any questions, comments, concerns, funny stories, or humorous anecdotes. Um, because that's what a professor in college did for one of our classes. So same thing, webheads. If you've got any questions or comments or humorous anecdotes, leave them for us. Uh, at First Read Podcast on Instagram. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail. And on YouTube, at the Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. This was awesome. Great, great job, Zach. This was fun. Mm -hmm.